Could Los Angeles become water self-sufficient? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. Would it be possible for the city of Los Angeles to free itself from importing water from the Colorado River or Northern California? A new study says it could by 2050. Researchers at UCLA and the Colorado School of Mines show that the city could shift to using solely local sources by capturing storm runoff and using recycled water. The proposals would include building tens of thousands of retention basins to both capture and treat storm runoff and then let it infiltrate to groundwater storage. Also, there'll need to be a 100% use of recycled water and all roads and alleys will have to become green streets with treatment and groundwater infiltration systems. All of these steps would relieve pressure on importing water. Los Angeles gets nearly 90% of its resources from more than 200 miles away. A significant portion of that comes from the Colorado River and Northern California. The authors of the study conducted extensive modeling of the watersheds in the L.A. area, and according to Terry Hogue of the Colorado School of Mines, each is different, requiring different structures and management. Another benefit of using more local resources would be to reduce energy demands and greenhouse gas emissions that come from importing water. In other news from California, scientists are saying that the state's agriculture has already been been affected by climate change and that there are much bigger and more severe impacts to come. Farms and orchards in the Golden State grow more than 400 different crops, supplying at least a third of the nation's vegetables and two-thirds of its fruits and nuts. As summarized in the Desert Sun, by mid-century, more than half of the Central Valley will no longer be suitable for growing apricots, peaches, and plums. And 90 percent of that area will not be able to grow those crops by the end of the century. Additionally, yield are expected to fall for almonds, table grapes, and cherries, among others. The research was done by a team from the University of California system. They reviewed almost 90 studies and analyzed various trends, including precipitation, temperature, and snowpack. The study shows that depletion of groundwater and decreases in mountain snowpack add to stress and could reduce areas where crops are grown. The researchers say their findings justify the urgency and importance of adapting agriculture to climate change and reducing its vulnerability. There's been a question why trees in some areas of drought are able to survive when others are not. A new study by scientists at University of California, Berkeley, and the University of Texas at Austin shows that layers of water in weathered rock below soils on hillsides could be a significant source of moisture for trees during dry times. According to a statement from UC Berkeley, the study shows that weathered rock beneath soils and above the water table can store more than a quarter of all the rain that falls over the course of a year. Scientists measured rock moisture at nine wells drilled into rock along hillsides in Mendocino County, California, during a four-year period. Daniela Rempe, one of the researchers, said that the soils are important, but when it comes to determining if a place is going to experience water stress, it could be the underlying rock that matters most. Weathered rock layers hold water even when soils above are parched. The researchers note that the impact of rock moisture will vary depending on the region and topography, but it can explain how trees in the study area showed little effect from the recent drought that killed millions of trees in California. 
A little town in Quebec has won a four-year court battle to protect its water supply. The Guardian reports that the controversy started back in 2011 when a company from Montreal obtained a drilling permit to look for oil and gas. The municipality of Ristagouche Sud-Est, which has about 157 people, passed laws requiring a two-kilometer setback of exploration drilling from drinking water wells. They also banned the injection of chemical substances into the soil. The company Gastem sued, claiming nearly $1 million Canadian, saying it was illegally targeted and had a permit to drill. But a judge disagreed, ruling that the town's councillors had the right to protect their water supply. The judge said that the well-being of the community and the safety of residents must be weighed for all projects introduced into the municipality. While raising a glass of potable water, celebrating the decision, the mayor of the town said that the battle is far from done, as over 350 municipalities in Quebec are in a fight with the provincial government to expand setback requirements. And finally this week, there's a person they call the Iceman. If you haven't heard of him, his name is Wim Hof, and he's set numerous world records for being able to withstand extreme cold, like sitting in icy water or climbing snowy mountains wearing only shorts. He attributes his ability to endure extremes to a set of techniques he calls the Wim Hof Method. It involves taking short, sharp breaths to induce a kind of controlled hyperventilation along with focused concentration. But what really happens to Mr. Hoff's body when he dives into icy water? Researchers from Wayne State University School of Medicine wanted to know, so they asked Mr. Hoff to don a special bodysuit where they could monitor his brain and muscles in an MRI as they cycled him through periods of extreme cold. To test his method, the team had the Iceman perform his breathing exercises before one scan and compared the results to a scan without the technique. His results were also compared to a control group of other participants. The researchers found that even when exposed to the cold, the temperature of Hoff's skin remained relatively unchanged. The scans suggest that the intense breathing was warming blood in the capillaries of his lungs, which was then circulating better through his body. The scans also revealed increased activity in a region of the brain associated with the control of sensory pain, and that the method may promote the release of opioids that create a feeling of well-being and reduced anxiety. The findings suggest that his techniques might have potential to treat immune diseases and anxiety disorders, but they added that more research is needed. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association. Find out how emerging advances in membrane technologies can solve utility issues at MTC18. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash conferences.